We've just been having a great time here since about 8.30 this morning. And uh, maybe 9 o'clock. I'm not sure, but God is here. You need to let that settle into your spirit. We don't always consider this. God is here. It's one thing that you and I are here, but God himself is here. I want a consciousness of the presence of God. I want an awareness of the presence of God. Amen. Praise God. It's also wonderful to have Sister Pat with us from Puyallup. Amen. It's all right. You can give her a hand. She's our sister. We love and appreciate her. I didn't tell her I was going to do this, but I'm going to ask her to come greet you. And um, I, I just felt like I was supposed to do that a few minutes ago, Sister Pat. There's no pressure on you at all. And so would you just come? There's a, I'll even give you a spare microphone so you don't have to use this one I've been yelling into. This one works. So that one there with that red cable on, it'll work for you. And just, God bless you, appreciate you. Part of the, she's part of the body of Christ with us in Puyallup. Amen. I've been, I'm, you know, of course, totally stunned when you came here tonight. So I guess the good thing about preaching that is you think that the English would be Christian speaks from different church, our church bodies. Um, I have been feasting. the word and um, just some things that um, Art has said has just really been, uh, I believe it was last week or the week before, and I've read the scripture so many times, he sent his word to heal my spirit. And you were like, he sent his word. His word was Jesus. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> it was like, I mean, you know, like the lightning bolt hit. It was like, wow, that was such a revelation. Um, and just so many things that you've said um, that have been great telling, uh, telling someone. Um, I'm grateful that you stepped into this Thursday night. Um, it was like, it was so rich, and the spirit was just moving, and I was like, I was downstairs by myself, and I was just crying, and just really, and I was like, no, don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. And you hit the button. And I was like, I'm down here a mess. And he just <laughs> left me like this. But it's just been so, so rich and so good. Um, I just had to take a weekend away and just come. Um, I just talked to the Lord a couple weeks ago. And I just felt he was the 8th through the 12th. And he was like, I have to work. You, they never schedule you this far in advance either. They never had a teacher's trip. And this time I told him, I'm going. He was like, I'm waiting. <laughs> Got to go before it gets too bad. And then it just turned into a weekend. So it was a perfect time for me to come. And I just, I just want to thank God. I'm so 
had an opportunity to do some studying um, to the Lamb's book, and just I haven't um, just to Really was trying to not, you know, trying to hang out with anything special or anything like that. I'm just trying to get get some, you know, a little little bit of story in there. Okay. Um, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You don't want to turn me off. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We love and appreciate Sister Pat and her son Jared and them and what they are to the body of Christ. Amen. Praise God. I am going to give you an opportunity to give today unto the Lord. We're not going to have ushers wait on you. We're going to let you just bring your offering, return your tithe. As you do, I, I shared with the, um, I just call it the first round for lack of a better term until we figure all this out here. Um, and I want to share it with you. This is, I believe, the only time I will be making you aware. And please hear me today. Um, most of you, well, probably about, well, maybe 50% of you, uh, saw the, the building before it looked like this. And um, when it was still in 1970s mode, what I called it, um, and uh, as you know, we had flooding, our ceiling and our kitchen collapsed, and we had all kinds of things take place, and so we had popcorn ceilings, and we had gold walls, and we had all kinds of fun stuff, and so uh, anyway, we did all of this work, as you know, took out this wall that was over here, put in a baptistry that has hot water, which people who have been baptized are so thankful since. Um, we did a lot of work across seven weeks, all new lights, ran electrical, ran plumbing, and when we did all of that work across those six weeks, you that have been here can attest um, by design, we never took one offering for that. We did not appeal uh, for that. Um, we just felt like the Lord had met the need. And, uh, and it's a delicate balance because I, I tell you this just openly and transparently, I never, I never want to use any influence I have to sway you in giving. I hope you understand that. Scripture teaches that we give out of a cheerful heart. And so if you find me being careful when I start talking about giving, it's because I want to make sure I never cross that line of trying to sway you. Or uh, We're not about that. If you haven't figured that out at this point, you don't know us at all. Um, we have learned. This, I'm bringing a need to you. And I want you to participate only as much as God leads you to. And if you feel like you're not supposed to participate, do not. How's that? Um, we are going to replace our furnace. The heat exchanger in it has holes and is cracked. It's probably at least 40 years old, probably older than that, huh, Brother Joel? <laughs> It might be as old as this building, I think, maybe. And um, I appreciate Brother Joel Garcia. He has diligently been working to get bids, to show people the thing, to coordinate stuff. And he's doing all that pain laboring, painstaking work and just calls me and says, here you go. And I'm like, oh, cool. How about this? And then he goes back to work. And 
he's probably thinking this guy is going to be the end of me or something. But I so appreciate his willingness to take all that on so it's not on my mind. And I just know he's got it under control. So thank you, Brother Joel. Um, but we do have to replace the furnace. And so, I w- again, I want to be very clear. We're not in financial trouble. The church is on solid footing. I feel like I need to make you aware so you have an opportunity to participate if you want to as God would lead you. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm not begging you for dollars. That's not the point here. I just felt like the Lord said you had... I felt like the Lord said I was doing you a disservice if I didn't give you an opportunity to participate. And so would you be prayerful about that? And if you so choose to give towards, if you so choose to give toward the furnace, just make a note. Seal a furnace. Fair enough. You can do that on PayPal or you can do that in a regular offering. Amen. Why don't we stand together? I will not say any more about that. Unless it's simply to tell you that I can tell you we're going to replace it no matter what. We can't make it through the winter without it. So don't fret. We're going to get it done. Um, But, you know, there's something about being involved in the kingdom that way. And so. uh, Praise God. Um, Lord, I thank you today for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. I thank you for the people of God and cheerful hearts. We give unto you today that you would be glorified and the work of the kingdom would continue. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. God bless you as you come and give. I'll let you put your mask on if you're going to walk and be passing people and let you do that. Then we're going to dive into the word of the Lord this morning. Amen. And as you pray about giving regarding the furnace separately, feel free to... uh, Uh, just do that the other way through, like I said, through PayPal or in the regular offering Um, over the next week or so would be beautiful. Praise God. Praise God. As you return to your seat, you can be seated if you want to. Thank you, Lord. 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 Praise God. I am. Um, I appreciate Brother Johnstone's ministry Thursday night, and him being willing to um, teach in that service there with their family in Puyallup today. Um, I'm not sure which end is up right now. Um, I can, I've been traveling just a tad bit. Um, that's probably an understatement. I'll give you just a quick example. Um, Friday morning, I was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Friday afternoon, I was in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Friday night, I was in Spokane, Washington. Uh, Saturday morning, I was here in Yakima. Saturday afternoon, I was in Puyallup. And uh, here we are today. Uh, so I, I've been traveling a little bit, and that was just the last two days of the week. Um, but I'm thankful to the Lord for his hand upon us and for the leading and the guiding of the Lord. I believe that everywhere I've been was because he would have had me be there. And I will let you know 
unless he changes his plan, I will be traveling again on Wednesday. Uh, my daughter and I will be leaving Wednesday together, and we will be returning Sunday night. Um, I feel that this travel is also important. We will be spending time with Brother and Sister Wiltsey and their family and a congregation up near Chelan. And uh, they have been asking us for quite some time to come, and I haven't felt the release to go, but I've throughout this year I've been feeling like I needed to go at this time. And so I'm fortunate and blessed that I get to take my daughter with me, and I look forward to, I believe, God-ordained time with her as well. And so uh, now don't, don't skip church just because you know I'm not going to be here. I know you all wouldn't do that. Some people do that kind of stuff, but uh, we covet your prayers, and I thank you for them. I want to go to the book of John this morning, chapter 8. The book of John, chapter number 8, I, at least I think that's where I want to go. In Jesus' name. That's not correct. John chapter 6. There you go. Not too much trouble to turn back and find that. John chapter 6. Praise God. And we're going to read several verses of Scripture this morning. Um, and I'm going to start with verse 47. John chapter 6 and verse number 47. Jesus Christ is speaking. And he says, verily, verily, or truly, truly. I'm going to pause right there. We live in a day and in a time when truth is hard to find. It's hard to know what to believe. I, in the traveling that I was doing these last, really almost this whole week, the traveling that I've been doing, I was in the company of some that during some downtime they had a phone and they were scrolling through Facebook and catching up on stuff. And every once in a while they felt compelled to share something with those of us that were with them, which was fine. Nothing wrong with that, you understand. And uh, they were sharing I'm not going to say what they were sharing, not that I remember it, not that it was bad. Don't misunderstand me. Uh, but they were sharing and reading it, and they said, listen to this quote. And they read it and attributed the quote to someone. And a little later, they read something else and said this, this, and this. We're saying this about such and such. And, and I was listening, but I tried to, as you all have heard us talk about before, and this is important. I was trying to listen with my spirit. We must always, I believe, as children of God, we must learn to listen with our spirit. It's not enough to listen with our natural ear. This is why Jesus seven times, seven times in the book of Revelation to the seven churches, finished every declaration to every church with this statement. He that hath an ear to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. As a child of God filled with the Spirit of God, 
you and I can ill afford to take time off from hearing with a spiritual ear. God forbid I get so comfortable in my walk with God that I think, God, I've got it today. I'll just check out, and when I get ready, I'll try to tune in to the Spirit again. They that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so if you and I are truly children of God, we must be led by His Spirit. And to be led by His Spirit, we must have an ear that is attuned to His Spirit. And so I was hearing this individual read these things. There was no ill intent or any ill messaging. But as they were sharing these anecdotal things from Facebook, I heard a quote and it attributed to a name and Something in me said, I don't know if that person really said that or not. And I thought, that's interesting. I wasn't trying to be critical of them. There was no harm in it. And they went a little further. They read something else. And I felt something in me going, I'm not sure all those statements that they just read are even true or not. You understand, we live in a day and a time when truth is hard to find. We live in an hour when everyone has their own idea of truth. Some would tell you there is no such thing as absolute truth. I would beg to differ. I will tell you today in the fear of the Lord, this is truth. The word of God is truth. It is absolute truth. It is never in error. It is never falling short. It is truth. And you and I, I would to God, we would believe this as much as we believe some other junk. This is truth. Somebody says, how can you pray for the sick and believe they'll be healed? That's not hard to believe. The word says it. It's true. Well, but yeah. No, yeah, but anything. The word is true. If the word of God says it, it is true. We need to get this in our spirit. Somebody needs to lay hold of this today. When the word of God declares something, it's true. It's not debatable. Oh, I mean, you can debate it. But it doesn't make it untrue. Jesus, when he was praying in John chapter 17, he said, Father, praying for his disciples, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. If you look there when he said thy word is truth, he was not just speaking of the written word. He was speaking of the uttered, declared word of God. So you and I must understand as children of God, when we speak the word of God, the spirit of God comes out of our mouth and we begin to speak the word of God. That word is truth. Not my truth. His. So, I don't even know where I was. Verse 46. Let's get back. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, This is what Jesus says. Who's he talking to? (laughs) It's not a trick question. I say unto you. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you. He that believeth on me hath 
everlasting life. Now we want to complicate that. But the challenge before us by the word of God is do I believe or not? And the world will combat what we believe every day that we live. Circumstances will combat the word of God every day that we live. Our life situations, our job, our co-workers, lost loved ones, sometimes even saved loved ones. (laughs) Unfortunately, sometimes even saved loved ones will push against the truth of the word of God. You may try to speak a word of faith to your spouse. and Well, yeah, I know, but my wife and I, I thank God for her. I mean that with the utmost sincerity. And I think she's thankful for me almost every day. And every once in a great, great, great while, there have been times in our marriage where I have, hopefully not too unkindly, but I've had to say, babe, don't say that. I don't want to hear that. What, what am I doing? You said, you don't want to listen to your wife? Well, she'd probably tell you some days I need to work on that. But I'm telling you, what we speak matters. And we should not speak things that are contrary to the word of God. We should speak faith. And if you want to speak faith, speak the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The challenge for some of us is we spend a lot of time reading Facebook or reading Twitter and reading everybody else's opinions versus reading the word of God. What saith the Lord? And when we read truth, truth begins to do something to us. Truth begins to change how I think. Truth begins to change how I live. Truth begins to dispel lies and error. Truth begins to bring understanding and peace. Truth begins to work in my life. We need a love for truth. We need a love for truth. Jesus said, buy the truth and sell it not. We need a love for truth. We feed our minds so many things at times we're not even realizing. Unconsciously or subconsciously, we're entertaining lies. We're entertaining falsehoods. And in doing so, it erodes at truth. To me, it is... Please understand, I'm I'm really not against Facebook. That's probably not true. I'm not against you if you choose to be on Facebook. The church broadcasts on Facebook. I'm not broadcasting on Facebook so you can see it. I'm broadcasting on Facebook so people that need God can see truth. Well, here we are. Thought we were going somewhere else, but we're sort of stuck right here. How, how many of you have it? We're just going to, all these beautiful young people today. How many of you have an Instagram account? Come on, raise your, you're like, oh no, is he going to get, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to tell you to get rid of it. It's okay. How many of you have an Instagram account? Look at that, most of us, right? You know, there's a saying, you know, 
only believe, I don't remember how the saying goes, but something about believing only part of what you hear and something about what you see, whatever. I don't know all the percentage of numbers. I forgot. None, none of what you hear and only half of what you see. Is that how it is? And so you and I may think, you know, it's harmless even scrolling through Facebook sometimes. But what we're seeing even there is falsehood. You know, there's people that are called social. I cannot believe we are here. There are people that are called social media influencers. And these people have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Some have millions of followers on these channels. And they, they post pictures and short videos on Instagram. And people, millions, follow them and look at them. And they have this picture that, wow, if my life was like their life, how wonderful that would be. As though that picture is a true portrayal of their life. You understand, they're only letting you see what they want you to see. They're projecting an image. They're projecting an image. I, man, I, Lord help me and pray with me right now. I, I'm just, this is not where I thought we would be, but here we are. Jesus in your name, Jesus in your name, we need to receive of you, God. Help us to hear what you want us to hear, Father. Empty me of my humanity. I don't want your word to be tainted by my humanity. Help us to hear what you want us to hear today, to receive what you want us to receive today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. They're projecting an image, what they want people to see, what they want people to believe. I remember just a few weeks ago, I saw there was a, uh, there was a little short video. I'm on Instagram. There was a little short video, and it was an octopus uh, pulling itself across the sand. It was pretty amazing looking. I was like, wow, I've never seen such a thing like that. I was pretty enamored by it. I'm watching, I'm like, Wow, I see the ocean wash up, and it's, I was like, that is so crazy. What's the, and I, man, I'm just, I thought I got to dig into this a little bit. Well, what's crazy, I dug into it. Some guy won an award for creating it. It wasn't real. It wasn't real. He had taken a picture of the ocean and the seashore, and then he had graphically designed this octopus and he had been developing this software to show movement. And so he was testing it by showing his created octopus moving across the sand. I'm telling you, it looked as real as you look to me right now. And you're real, I know. I would have believed it if I hadn't dug into it. But it wasn't real. The only thing that was real in that picture was the sand. There was nothing on it. There was nothing moving across it. My eyes deceived me. 
Your eyes and your ears will deceive you spiritually. If you and I aren't in the word of truth, if we're not in relationship with God, if we're not learning by the help of God, we can't do this in our human ability. So don't start putting pressure on yourself. We need God's grace. The grace of God that enables us to do what we cannot do ourselves. This is what happens when you and I are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. This is the purpose of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. So you and I can discern between truth and error. And why is this so important? Because the world is being deceived. The world is being sold a bill of goods. And unfortunately the world is even being deceived by those portraying themselves as the church. Simple, easy believism. Just believe and you'll be saved. Just believe. Live how you want. Act how you want. Don't separate from the world. Fellowship with the world. Entertain the things of the world. Don't give yourself wholly unto God. It doesn't matter. As long as you believed and accepted, you're fine. They're not reading the same Bible I'm reading. I can't find that anywhere in Scripture. Jesus said, except you lose your life for my sake, you can't even be my disciple. Those were his words, not mine. That does not sound like easy believism. We need the spirit of grace, which is the baptism of the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the infilling of the Holy Ghost, when we receive the indwelling spirit of God, it leads us and guides us into all truth. The word of God is truth. You and I can pray 10 hours a day. Fast three days a week. If we are not ingesting the word of God. Someone please hear me. If we're not ingesting the word of God. I'm just going to tell you right now in love. You're being deceived. You're being deceived. Whatever spirit you're fellowshipping, it ain't God. If you're not in this word, if this word's not getting in you, and you're fellowshipping the spirit consistently, you're feeling things, and you're hearing stuff, and you're believing God said, and you're, but you're not in this word, you're being deceived. I'm just telling you in love. I'm trying to help somebody today. I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. If you are not in the word of God, and the word of God is not getting in you, you do not know what spirit you're of. Come on, pray with me right now. This is serious for somebody right now. It just became very real and very serious for somebody right now. Jesus, give us a love for truth. Give us a love for truth. 
love the truth. In Jesus' name. The scripture declares that if it were possible in the last days, even the very elect would be deceived. What keeps you and I from deception? Fellowship with God through prayer and and His Word. These are critical elements to our life. We're not just checking boxes on a checklist. We are communing with the Father. We are communing with God Himself. We are, when I and you open this book and we begin to receive and read this word, I am not reading just letters on pages. I am fellowshipping with the author of the book. I am fellowshipping with the one who inspired this word. I have the opportunity to read and say, God, I don't understand what you're expressing here. But you chose to have it pinned by men of God that wrote as they were moved upon and spake as they were moved upon by the Holy Ghost. And so I'm praying by your spirit, open my understanding to this living word. Open my understanding to this truth that never fails. Open my understanding that this word would get in my heart that I might not sin against you. We need the truth of the word of God. The scripture is certain. You shall know the truth. And the truth. Shall make you. Free. It'll make you free. It'll make you free. Deception comes from Satan himself. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. So when I entertain deception, I'm entertaining the very spirit of the adversary. So therefore, I must bury myself in the word of God in prayer. This is important. This is important. Our world is dependent and needful of truth. I really need to read more. Maybe. Verse 48. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat man in the wilderness and they are dead. This is the bread which come down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? See, they were thinking in the natural. They were thinking in the natural. They weren't hearing and perceiving what the Spirit of God was saying to them and what I believe the Spirit of God is saying to us today. Then Jesus said unto them, verse 53, truly, truly, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. 
For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwells in me and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they'd heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And I can identify with some this morning that are wrestling with just those five scriptures from 53 through 58 that we just read. I'm supposed to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. What's he talking about? Eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. But he said, if I don't even do this, I couldn't dwell with him. And, but if I did this, I would live forever. And I'm, I'm, They were wrestling with that too. But Jesus was trying to reveal a spiritual truth to them. The only way you're going to have everlasting life is if you lose your life and you become consumed with mine. You eat of my flesh. That which I was willing to do to my flesh, you're willing to do to your flesh. That which I was willing to do with my blood, you recognize your blood is stained and tainted and not innocent. But mine was innocent. And so if you'll allow me to reconcile you to myself, I'll put my blood in you and I'll put my righteousness upon you. But the only way is to identify with Christ through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection. There is no shortcut. That's why easy believism doesn't do it. i got to lose my life. Verse 61, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said to them, doth this offend you? Are you offended by my teaching, he's asking them? Are you offended by what I'm telling you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? Verse 63, Please hear. It is the spirit that quickeneth. It's the spirit that makes alive. It's the spirit that makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, Jesus said, they are spirit and they are life. And then finally, verse 64. But there are some of you that believe not. Think about that. Jesus declared all of those things. He was, if you were paying attention, at least four times in those passages of Scripture we read, at least four times he referenced everlasting life, eternal life. Quickening alive. Life. You would think one would go, yes, that's what I want. I'll believe. Show me. Lead me. I'll do it. My life. Yours for mine. Here's my life. You say, what are you saying to me this morning, Brother Hart? I'll tell you what I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying to every one of us that will hear. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying in this day and in this time. 
I'm asking for nothing less than your life. I'm not interested in a partial commitment. For a partial commitment is really no commitment at all. I'm going to say this again. A partial commitment is really no commitment at all. Imagine if I told my wife, baby, I'm like 75% committed to you. Is that good enough? Sister Priscilla said, no. How about 90%? Baby, I am 90% committed to you. You got 90% of me. How's that? Mariah's not buying it, and she's not even married, but she's setting standards. Praise God. You set standards. Set them high. Set them high. What if I said, babe, I'm 99% committed to you? Is that enough? Because if I'm not 100% committed to her in our marriage, I'm really not committed to her at all. And the Spirit of the Lord, in His love for you and I, and in the plans that He knows He has for you and I, is making it very clear and very plain. I'm offering you everlasting life. But let's be clear. I'm asking for all of you. All of you. All of you. I want you to stand with me today. I have watched some of you through time, short seasons of time, some of you longer seasons of time, I've watched you go through what I've gone through as well, which is the challenge of being human. We all face it. The Lord knows our frame. This challenge of being human is one that wrestles with a full commitment because we get distracted by the cares of life. The Lord knows we have to work. He understands this. He knows... It was him that caused the word to say, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. I like eating, so I work. It was him that caused the word to say that if a man doesn't provide for his own house, he's worse than an infidel. So I don't like the sound of that. I mean, an infidel is a pretty low bar. And the Lord said, I'm worse than an infidel if I don't provide for my own house. And so I need God to help me do that. I can't do it in my own ability. I need God to help me and show me how to do that. But this idea that I have to do those things and those keep me from being fully committed to God is a deceptive thought. I can do my job and still be fully committed to the kingdom of God. And it affects everything around. Dear young person, dear sir, dear man, this morning. God knows the plans that he has for you. Scripture is clear. It says, I know the plans I have for you to bring you to an expected end. An end of peace. He knows these plans he has for you.
He's inviting you to enter into his plan. Just saying, God, everything I am. We used to sing a song when I was younger. Everything I am, Lord, everything I'm not, I'm yours. Try me now and see. See if I can be completely yours. Would you reach to the Lord where you are right now? And would you allow him to begin to deal with your heart about areas that maybe you've held in reserve that he would like you to commit to him? Come on, maybe it's a, I don't know, maybe it's a grudge you're holding on to that you need to release that so that you can walk in the fullness of his spirit. It's quite possible it could be fear of what he may ask of you. Don't fear. He wouldn't ask anything of you that he wouldn't give you the grace to be able to fulfill. Come on, talk to him. Talk to him. Lord, your word is truth. I want truth in my life. I want your truth operating in my life. God, if I've been deceived by the things of this world, by the lights, the glamour, the show, the falsehoods, I pray an anointing of the Spirit upon the mind this morning. The anointing of the Spirit of God.